Some cars are comfy on the inside but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. See, ah, yeah, that, see, that's that's where it really completes it for me. Yeah, because no. then Edith says all the all vital signs. No, 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 didn't say that. It said that is is Mysterio dead? Yeah. But then Edith responds, all projections have been terminated. Interesting. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Inconceivable. Today, I'm joined by... I'm Gordon. <laughs> and we're not quite fresh off the theaters because we had a little midsummer break, yeah. um, but we are back in full swing and ready to talk about a movie that's been out for a couple weeks, but we've all been really excited all summer for, which is Spider-Man Far From Home. What was your first impressions? First impressions. I thought it was really solid. It was... Um, I mean, obviously, it's the first movie that we've had since Endgame came out. Yeah. Uh, and we're kind of, you know, both personally and in the movie universe, sort of feeling the repercussions of, of that, like uh, the ripple effect, if you will. Um, Absolutely. So I think it it starts things off like kind of... Like, it starts the new phase, if you will. Um, yeah, that weird transitional yeah, thing. Because yeah, yeah, it did yeah. have a weird, like, perfect ending to phase three. Mm -hmm. Is it phase three? It yeah, phase, phase, three. phase three. But then we get this bonus movie. Yeah. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> Where it's not like, it's not like 100% a fresh start, but right. characters are having to start from scratch in a way. Right. Um, and it, it had a weird... You know, because you have that little disconnect in, in Marvel movies where it's like, why aren't other people helping with this? Yeah. Part? But the thing is, in those movies, they they rarely address it. They're just like, you know, they, they pretend like it's not really a big deal. In this movie, they, like, actually address yeah. it. They're like, yeah, like, why aren't the rest of the Avengers helping Spider-Man with this? I appreciate they explained it, but I still didn't really... I know it wasn't good enough for me. Yeah. Because, like, like, what about Ant-Man? What is Ant-Man doing? What's Ant-Man doing? Yeah, exactly. What's he Falcon doing? <laughs> He's the new Captain America. Like, why isn't he, you know, helping out? Um, yeah, so, uh, overall, I thought the movie was really well done. Uh, I thought it was super funny, uh, really endearing. Like, the high school stuff was, yeah, you know, which is spot on. Always a very point of, like, 50-50. Uh, yeah, it could, could go <laughs> either way. Um, and I think the, the Spider-Man movies, for sure, uh, have done a really good job of like not doing like an accurate high school experience mm -hmm. but doing an evocative high school yeah. experience where it's like oh like I recognize these scenarios and I recognize the awkwardness even if it's not necessarily because like we remember it differently like when you're actually in high school right. like, it's, like um, for instance there's this movie 8th grade uh, Bo Burnham's uh, directorial yeah. debut yeah I've been hearing about that I went and saw it in theaters super awkward movie like incredibly like awkward or well like deliberately awkward okay so like, so it's like just, office it, yeah so like well mm, 
it's not played for laughs. Okay. It's like it's like the worst cringe you've ever experienced, but it's real. Like mm. like you feel that. So so this uh, Far From Home didn't doesn't do this. Um, like it's cringy occasionally. Like but it's it's kind of evocative teenage you know angst and you're like oh like that's a little awkward but like you know it's cute too you yeah, know? yeah it's 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 that whole thing so i thought they did a really good job with that mysterio great villain um how do you, spoilers obviously yeah uh, <laughs> how do you think he stacked up to to the i'm blanking on the name well, is it, it's not falcon no it's um i got this uh, crap. Other bird. Vulture. Vulture. Jeez. That one. How did Because everyone really liked Vulture. Uh, Vulture is probably, you know, top five Marvel villains, I think, is a is a safe uh, ranking. I disagree, Maybe. but I know I'm in the minority, so I mean, I'm we'll, okay with we'll, it. We'll, we'll come back around to that at some point. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... I think he got mandarin you know? Where it's like, oh... He's this guy with, like, mysterious powers. <laughs> it's like, no, he's just kind of... He's messing around. Which, like, as a character, I think he was a decent villain. But he ended up being another one of those people that, like, I got, you know, I ran afoul of Tony Stark, and yeah. now I have to, like, wreak my revenge. Uh, which, like, part... Which is fine. Like, it works. It's functional. Mm -hmm. um, I thought the speech in the, the bar was a bit much. Like, it couldn't just... It had to be like a... You! And did this thing! And you did that thing! And it was a little long. Everybody, like... It was like, like three toasts. Yeah, yeah exactly. I was like, okay, like, look, keep it to, like, a 20-second scene. And can you believe Tony Stark did this to all of us? Yeah. Um, because yeah. so, I, I did enjoy it, but then again, it just, it did feel like it dragged on. Because yeah. I felt like they had to need... They needed only, like, three of those people, I, right? 100%. Just, like, this person was a part for this reason. Because I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I liked how they're doing it. But then it just kept yeah. going on. I was like, okay, we get it. We Can we just... Move on now, yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the scene from the first Thor movie where he's like trying to hype them up to like uh, to go, you know, go go on a tear at uh, uh, Jotunheim. Mm -hmm. But he's just like, and you did a thing, and you did a thing, and then I was there, and you know, yeah. But like to the nth degree, and it didn't it didn't work. Uh, that that part specifically didn't work for me. Um, but yeah, what did you think overall? I thought I liked it more than Homecoming. Okay. I thought Homecoming was a decent movie. Um, I uh, I still like the the original two Spider-Man movies more than Homecoming. However, I feel like this latest one. When, when you say original two, you mean the first two yeah, with, series? Yeah, with um, Sam Raimi. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah I, I'm I'm picking up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna talk about this. <laughs> but um. But yeah, no, I, I liked it a lot. I thought they were great movies. And mm -hmm. me saying that there's other Spider-Man movies better than these two is by no means a diss. I yeah. feel like these are really well-built movies. I liked... Um, I felt like this one was was more complete and less awkward. Okay. And it's something that I was looking forward to because we got the introduction of Spider-Man out of the way. It's mm -hmm. like, look, established character now. He's yeah. been in Avengers several times now. He's had his own movie. Now we can just get on with the sequel. And it, it feels like we're finally allowed to breathe with this character. Mm -hmm. And it really allowed me just to not have as many expectations and just enjoy this character which I thought was good yeah um, it's interesting that you bring that up because one of the things that uh, was sort of touted as a uh, one of the 
the high points, not the high points, um, one of the pros about Homecoming was mm -hmm. that we're not rehashing the uh, getting my powers kind of thing. Right. So, so it's interesting that you know you felt like it was still an introductory movie. Yeah, in, in some, it's much because no matter how they want to play it off, they would. I feel like if they wanted to avoid the introductory movie, they should have done that in Avengers. Mm -hmm. They could have carved out a good 10-minute section just for Spider-Man yeah. to just kind of get that out of the way. And then you wouldn't need to have an introductory movie for Spider-Man in the first place. Otherwise, even if you don't say it's a, it's, oh, this isn't an introductory movie, we didn't have this whole backstory. It's like, it still is an introductory movie. Though. Okay. Like, I hate to say it, but like this is where we learn about Spider-Man. This is where we learn about all of his other characters, you know. And there's a lot of discovering and a lot of getting familiar with his world, you mm -hmm. know. So that's why I say it's still an introductory movie, even that's though fair. it's different. It's not like the whole backstory, but it's still an introductory into it. It's, like it's for instance, when we have the Black Widow movie coming out, mm -hmm. we're not going, we're not going to feel like it's an introductory movie because we feel like we've had all the introduction we need for that character through yeah. other other movies that's so. fair. Um, but yeah I thought this was a really solid movie I put it just above Homecoming I thought Homecoming was a really solid movie I thought this one was like just solid plus mm -hmm. um, I really I like the villain in this one more and I think that's mostly due to Jake Gyllenhaal yeah uh, I really enjoyed his acting in this I really you really did buy how because a lot of people were assuming that he was going to actually end up being a bad guy right uh, based off of his history but he definitely put the most doubt possible in my mind it's like maybe he is going to stay a good guy because it did feel very convincing and i think the only thing that threw it off for me was the fact that oh the way that they're moving through this story and what they're pitching as the end of this story yeah. isn't definitely coming too fast so like clearly there's a second arc coming here right so if it wasn't for that i might have actually bought it but um as as they were like going against the fire mm -hmm. elemental uh which i'm glad by the way that the elementals were actually fake because when they're talking about it, it's like why do i just feel like this is just so cheese this in the marvel like... universe <laughs> like i don't know like it feels so like overused yeah. and like Marvel is is about like creating like new things mm -hmm. and characters and like like, like wow we're gonna have re like like elementals mm -hmm. in the Marvel universe like, I mean oh like we need like the lowest possible barrier for a world ending apocalypse right. like but then explaining it that made a whole lot of sense so mm -hmm. I was like okay touche you know so uh, I'll buy that yeah um, I was incredibly impressed with the special effects in this movie yeah some really wow moments with Mysterios, um, like very similar to like Doctor Strange s stuff. Yeah, the, um, the illusion stuff was yeah super impressive. It really, it kind of had some. What I liked about Mysterio is that he he kind of reminded me a little bit of Scarecrow. Yeah, you know, yeah, it has sure. some of that vibe, but a, a lot less um, psychotic and more intelligent. Yeah. So it was like a different spin on that kind of thing. And then I, I kind of feel like I feel like some people are gonna be bummed that this version of Mysterio isn't like he doesn't actually have these powers. It's all fake technically. Yeah. But in a way, I still really enjoy this character. I thought that it fit really well into the story and I liked how it was connected to Tony Stark. I feel like it's an appropriate villain to have right after Endgame. Mm -hmm. I kind of... Because you also have the danger with this could have been 
so disconnected yeah. from the rest of the phase that it would just it would literally feel like a bonus movie right you know but I like how for once I like how Tony Stark was talked about in a non Iron Man movie um, because it felt right after everything that happened mm-hmm. um, do you feel like um, the Spider-Man or this Spider-Man movie specifically um, do you feel like it would have kind of ended up if it didn't do it correctly would kind of would have ended up like the Ant-Man movies where they feel sort of ancillary to the, the overall and that's what I was afraid line. of yeah but it definitely didn't it felt very connected um my only problem is that I think mean, it's not a requirement, but it didn't feel like it really launched us into the next phase. Yeah. You know, again, it's, it's, Endgame it's, has a perfect bow. Not that the past movies have really done. I mean, technically, the last Ant Man had the end credit scene, which yeah. kind of just like set up the last phase. But and you kind of need you 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 need aspects from the Ant Man movies in order to propel the the end right. and Endgame specifically, but you don't necessarily need the Ant-Man movies in order to facilitate that storyline. Agreed. Um, but yeah, this... Home co- or sorry. Far From Home is no Iron Man 1 in terms of launching the, yeah. the next no, series. Definitely. Um, but yeah, as far as the movie itself, I thought it was really good. Um, I thought it was funny in all the right places. Oh, yeah. It was serious. I really love... Um, MJ mm-hmm. in this movie I really bought I, I found that a lot of the characters I was kind of like eh about in Homecoming I felt like really were solid in this like it wasn't I've never been a huge fan of Happy okay um, I was starting to get more warmed up to him in the Avenger movies yeah <clears throat> Um, but this movie, I feel like, really sold it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing with um, On May is cheesy, but it weirdly works. Um, yeah, it is kind of like he, he's got a really funny story arc, you know, because he's he's a totally different person now. Yeah, and I'm glad that we have him now that Tony Stark is gone. I feel like this transition without having Tony Stark would be a lot more awkward without Happy to be there to explain yeah, things. But can sure. you imagine if that was Nick Fury doing? all those bits it wouldn't have felt good wouldn't have worked yeah yeah i i think it'll be interesting to see it, it was interesting and it will continue to be interesting i think to see happy kind of assume the father figure role for peter yeah um, <clears throat> and maybe a lot more now maybe. that <laughs> things are going on yeah um yeah um Jeez, one thing that's interesting because we are a little bit delayed in this review is that we've seen how it really has performed at the box office. In fact, it's performed extremely well, crossing over a billion dollars worldwide. Okay. It's phenomenal. It's the best Spider-Man movie to date in the box office. I mean, what was interesting is that I heard people talking that if they didn't go over a billion, it would be a lot harder for Sony to maintain the rights to Spider-Man. Interesting. So crossing that billion dollar mark was really important. Huh. And I'm it's kind of interesting, right? Disney has to be annoyed. Yeah. Because as much as they want the Spider-Man movies to be good, and even though they have a nice working relationship with Sony it's just kind of a little awkward. It would be so much easier for them if they just like had yeah. the rights to yeah. But I mean, you can't deny Sony's killing it right now yeah. with not just these two Spider-Man movies, but also with um, Into the Spider Verse. Spider Verse, like that, like that right there. Because then, 
Disney must be like like if if I was Disney looking at that movie, I'd feel really upset because it's so innovative and that's usually a Disney thing to do. Yeah. So now that Sony pulled the this is the most innovative superhero movie of the year, mm-hmm. they've got to be like just really just like swearing up a storm because it's like they're beating them at their own game and yeah. they're only doing it with one franchise and it's right. like come on we've got everything <laughs> but we're gonna let these guys just we literally have everything except for DC and Spider-Man <laughs> literally Sony right now is the guy from that Geico commercial with the fishing line like oh you almost had it because you know? <laughs> Sony really hasn't I mean granted they did oh they were in charge of the original Spider-Man movies which I think were very pivotal mm-hmm. to superhero movies coming into what they know and are today Yeah. but then I feel like and I mean, it may have been at the same time when the PlayStation 3 was coming out. They had this aura of being really cocky and feel like they knew what they were doing more than anyone else, despite whatever criticism was giving hand to them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was the same thing for Amazing Spider-Man, that they could do whatever they want, you yeah. know? Um, but I feel like there was an era, and especially with the animated movies, like, like they've come out with some recent good movies. Uh, we've also got this interesting one with um, Will Smith. There was a trailer for it in this okay. one with the animated Will Smith spy movie that's oh, also got yeah. Tom Holland in it. Dude, Tom Holland and Sony got like quite the relationship going on right now. They're just like, I was just saying, this dude must be making bank with all the movies that he's getting involved for with these days. Sure. Um, he's the he's the hot ticket actor right now. Um, yeah, um, but anyways, um, I have Sony Animated and Sony Movies have been on a much better track record, even though Venom wasn't critically received the best. Audience-wise, people loved it, and they want more. They've already said they're making a sequel, and if they're making a sequel, that's a success in my mind, you know? Uh, um, they also talked about uh, having some sort of crossover between, between uh, Venom and they have uh, the Marvel Spider-Man. And what's interesting, this kind of brings in something I want to talk about, right? Um, in the trailers, they they talked about the, the multiverse thing. Mm-hmm. Got everyone really excited. But what's interesting is that actuality in the movie that was all made up. Yeah. So, is that actually? Do you think the multiverse is still actually a thing? I would think so, just because from what we've heard about, well, extrapolating from the titles that have been released for. Uh, the Marvel movies going forward and we're going to have a further conversation about this later on um, it feels like and and also you know uh, like the time travel and multiple timelines thing from Endgame I think that multiverse is a pretty pretty safe bet mm-hmm. um, eh, well that might be overstating it I think I think we all got really excited um, about the multiverse possibilities, especially after I mean the animated like multiverse from Spider-Man. Yeah. Like it's hard not to be excited for it when they freaking nailed it on the head. But I mean that's that's a really hard like I would say more complicated than time travel, and mm-hmm. we've seen mm-hmm. how hard it is to really sell time travel in movies and TV. Yeah. So the fact that they got this, and I don't think we've really good seen a better representation of the multiverse of a multiverse type of thing mm-hmm. other than Spider-Man. Yeah. So I think that it has a lot of people jazzed and hoped and I don't think people actually realize the risk it takes to pull that kind of thing off. Mm-hmm. Um, I what it did it did really disappoint me when I was like, oh wait, crap, it's not 
it's not actually real. But then, I will say, I want to lean towards it still as actually a thing, even though they didn't confirm it this way, yeah. um, solely because of Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of mentions to alternate timelines in Doctor Strange, and I think you could basically build a really well... Um, report just based off of those movies of how the multiverse is already canon within mm-hmm. Marvel just based off of the Doctor Strange um, movie and the mentions in Endgame specifically. There was some really like um, big mentions on alternate timelines in mm-hmm. Endgame. Right. So I think you can make a really good case for existing just from those two instances. So I still like to think that it could be a thing. Um, we have a lot to look forward to with future movies and future franchises being included um we'll talk more about phase uh four in the future but we already know that they're officially going to have fantastic four in this next phase okay no mention of x-men but we know that's and they said that they wanted to give a breathing room which i think is wise yeah um but it is interesting because if there's ever a point where the multiverse makes sense for bringing in a superhero, it makes the most sense for X Men. Yeah, because by that, you you have um, Scarlet Witch, who's technically a mutant. Yeah, but they they have not been able to use actually the words mutant in a movie because it's copyrighted by their properties. Yeah, so she's just <clears throat> a normal superhero, I guess. And same thing with Quicksilver, which I keep forgetting exists. Yeah, it's just so badly comparatively. I was to, gonna say up until. Up until Infinity War, basically, like he isn't he the only superhero that's died? I feel like there has to be more instances, but that is one of the more glaring ones for sure. Yeah, and or it was the so... only one that died and stayed dead. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. I guess that's that's weird to think about, but I think you're right. Because um, I think. Like the villain, a bunch of villains have died, and Marvel is pretty consistent about killing off villains, right? Whether or not people are actually interested in having them return, as far as and like superheroes, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I think he's technically the first, and I think uh, like Quicksilver was the first, and up until. Then we had Infinity War. Uh, yeah, I think I think Gamora was the the second. Yeah, which technically not dead. We'll we'll see how that shakes yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Timey wimey, wibbly wobbly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, time travel, like we said, hard. Um, but yeah, so it'll be very interesting, and I'm still looking forward to that possibility. Um, but back to Sony and Disney, I think it's really interesting to see Sony continuing to be not just successful but extremely successful Mm -hmm. with this Sony property and I'm trying to think do they own any other property because they own all the characters associated with Spider-Man that's why they're able to do Venom and then all the other characters that we saw in Spider-Verse I'm trying to think if there's any other properties that they have yet to pull out to make into a movies involved in that franchise uh, I don't know. I think uh, there is some talk about a Sinister Six movie. Okay. Which is like, you know, conglomeration of uh, Spider-Man villains. Um, kind of like basically a, our version of Suicide Squad. Um, 
I think it's it's more of an anti-Justice League or anti-Avengers kind of deal, hmm. where it's just it's a bunch of villains teaming up uh, at the same time. Interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's in the cards at the moment, um, but because right now I know they're focused on the sequel to Venom, mm-hmm. and then I assume the next. I feel like they oh, they almost have to make a sequel to Spider Verse mm. because it was so successful. Right. Um, so I, that would probably come after the Venom sequel, and then probably another Spider Man movie because Tom Holland has been very vocal about doing Spider Man as long as he can. So yeah. we're gonna have Tom Holland as Spider Man for a long time. I mean, the fact that he looks like a child now is pretty helpful. Yeah. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be able to milk that for a while. Yeah. And I've really been enjoying his um, his portrayal of Spider-Man. You yeah, know, I think he's been sure. doing a fantastic job. Um, he uh, definitely has really been, especially when they're really trying to sell this bond with Tony Stark you mm. know, and Spider-Man. I think they're mm-hmm. they're doing a really good job. And um, yeah, no, they've got a really bright future uh, for sure. Um, what do you what do you think about his performance in this movie? I thought it was really good. Um, it's it's interesting that we got. There's like a parallel between the, you know, this the, like the Marvel Spider-Man mm-hmm. and the the Sam Raimi uh, series, where um, the second movie is kind of them trying to really like come to grips with uh, like their their place in the in the world, you mm-hmm. know. Um, like the first one, you know, you have your challenges, and he's like trying to decide whether, well. He, he doesn't get a choice about whether or not he's Spider-Man. You know, yeah, that's be, true. But, like, he has to choose, like, no. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. If it's a suit, like, I am Spider-Man. Um, but in this one, it's kind of like the the stakes are higher. And it's like, in, in the first movie, you know, you're trying to keep your trying to keep your secret trying to keep your life separate um in the second movie it's like do i want yeah do i want a real like do i want a personal life or am i obligated to continue to be this thing and we had a pretty good answer to that but i think uh (laughs) what's interesting which will probably be the the thing we'll leave with is the crazy end credit scene oh yeah so we talked about the separation of personal life and superhero life, and you feel like he got that figured out pretty well until it was all ripped away from him when Mysterio <laughs> had this plan B. And what's interesting is that I'm not 100% um, convinced that Mysterio's actually dead, to be honest. Okay. Because if he had the control to change the, like, to set up this whole thing, you know, mm-hmm. all the words that he would say, and then just set up this scenario where Spider-Man is the bad guy, um, it wouldn't surprise. It still seemed like he had control over. Um, what's the program? Ethan? No. Um, Edith. 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 Okay. Because I also feel like the transfer of control was kind of weird. Yeah. Because you you saw when it went from Spider-Man to Mysterio, there was like a confirmation process and stuff like that. Like Spider-Man had to give it to Mysterio. Mm-hmm. But when it was reversed, you just saw Spider-Man took it and it's like, oh, welcome back, Spider-Man. Yeah. It's like. That he like gave all the rights to like so like I thought that was strange and whether that was a mistake or if that was completely intentional is yet to be seen. But I think that it would make I would like it to be intentional because mm-hmm. I would still like 
like that for a way for him to be still alive in some capacity. Because another thing, all of his minions didn't seem terribly alarmed by him yeah. passing either. And then we saw the little bit of the guy downloading something onto like a USB stick and taking that out. Like it was like, again, part of the plan. Yeah. Um, and it just, something was off. Like right. even, even when it happened the first time, something fell off, you know? Uh, but then they returned to it. It's like, oh wow, so this is a lot of what's been going on. Um, and it wasn't just like cliffhangers. Like we got a little taste of what's actually happened. Yeah. Um, Isn't, yeah. I mean, it could all be illusion because that's kind of the whole thing about Mysterio. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, he deals with illusion, so it wouldn't be that surprising if he found some way to, to fake his death somehow. Mm. Um, the, the only tricky part is that uh, I don't remember exactly because it's been a few weeks since I've mm -hmm. seen it, but I feel like uh, Peter Parker made sure he was dead. And I'll tell you how he did that. Okay. He asked Edith. Ah. See. Ooh. ooh yeah. That's See, that's that's where it really completes it for me. Yeah. Because no. then Edith says all the all vital signs. No, 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 no. Didn't say that. It said that is is Mysterio dead. Yeah. But then Edith responds all projections have been terminated. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I mean, yeah, so uh, that kind of... Um, Which seems like a very, if Mysterio still had control over Edith, seems like a very yeah. clever way to get around actually convincing him. Right. That. So if they... Hmm. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so in that scenario... The, the thing that occurred to me when we were when you're we talking about um, kind of the the authorization and the the control thing was um, it's possible that you can authorize multiple like if you have authorization you can authorize other people and it doesn't remove yours right um, I didn't get that feeling when he yeah it was a no, very it, it definitely felt like a like a full like passing of the torch kind and of, I feel like those deal. moments were detailed specifically. Yeah. I don't feel like that was just, just like thrown in there. Like yeah. I felt like that was a very purposeful thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So this could be something that's literally just like a mistake and I would find that really disappointing, but I think this is a very clever way of leaving yeah. something open. You one, know? one of the, one of the few, strangely enough for, you know, comic books, uh, one of the few potentially returning villains uh, yeah. in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And I think that he'd be a really cool returning one, too, because yeah. I really enjoyed having... I really I really felt a good vibe as actor-to-actor actor with Jake right. Gyllenhaal and Tom Holland. Definitely some good that. chemistry. There. Yeah, so definitely wouldn't... I mean, it'd be cool to see him involved with other Avengers as well. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. that would be really cool. So, I mean, hey, what if he pops up in a different superhero movie? Yeah. That would be pretty crazy. Um, I, I definitely, I think the illusion scenes in the, like the, the final set of illusion scenes mm -hmm. where uh, Spider-Man's like having to rely on his instincts, if you will. Right. Um, is is some of the best yeah like visually like e even compared to right. Doctor Strange like also real quick I don't do a too deep dive in this did I miss something or did they totally not explain why Spider-Man was having a problem with his spider senses 
I don't know that they did, just yeah. that it wasn't functioning. Yeah, that, that was kind of a real miss to me, Yeah, which I didn't have a too big of a problem with until they made it a big deal at the very end. Yeah. So I just felt like it didn't feel like him overcoming anything because I, I didn't feel like we were ever introduced why this was a problem in the first place. Yeah, because it wasn't, the spider sense thing wasn't really detailed in the first movie. It was just, it was just it, there. And it was kind of like, like ever so briefly touched on in Infinity War. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, he has a premonition. Oh, he, you know, looks out the window and there's a thing. Um, they don't really do a good job of explaining the Spider-Man's version of what actual powers he has. Yeah. And I know, again, they're trying to avoid the explaining, but it's kind of important to know, especially when this Spider-Man versus, say, the first Spider-Man iteration, mm -hmm. he does not have natural web. Right. You know, this is all mechanical stuff. So I think it's... And they classify that part, but I don't feel like they really classify the other side of things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's many opportunities for them to do that when just them explaining stuff about him being really smart and all that kind of stuff. So, right. I don't know. Um, what's interesting is that um, we've been very familiar with Iron Man being the, the head of Marvel. Yeah. But in the comics, it's always been Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. Not just um, because of the way it's been set up, but because he was also like the first big break for Marvel in its comics. Right. So Superman's, I'm not Superman, Spider-Man's always been a super big deal to Marvel. And we're now getting the the chance to see him, and this is the greatest thing about you know Disney and Sony finally working together, to give Spider-Man his rightful place being at the head of the Avengers, because yeah. that's a big deal. And I understand that there's timelines and portions of Marvel where Spider-Man isn't even in the picture and therefore not the head of things, but Spider-Man, for most people, up up till the movies was always the number one Marvel like superhero. Yeah. You know, always the face figure and stuff like that. You know, when you thought Marvel, the first character that popped to your mind was Spider Man. But now with the movies you think Iron Man. Yeah. So it's been a weird twist. And it's not bad, but it is very cool to finally see Spider Man get his chance at his destiny. Yeah. You know? Um, and I feel like they did a good job of setting that up in this movie, which was a really important thing to do. They had to really sell that is he going to replace Iron Man? What's that role going to look like in all these things? He's kind of um, assuming the mantle. Right. Or. Which is why I really like Mysterio, because I felt like it really worked with Spider-Man's battle where someone's also looking to replace Tony Stark. So yeah. I like that they had that commonality, you know? It, it kind of lends itself to the idea of villains that you can see why they think a certain way. Like, mm -hmm. you you kind of agree with their goals, but you disagree with their methods. Yeah. Uh, which I think makes for really compelling villains. It's really disappointing that they didn't have a better villain for Venom, because that was probably one of the weakest points in Venom, was mm -hmm. their villain. Um, because both the villains in Spider-Man have been home runs, you know? Yeah, Whether you sure. like... Um, Vulture yeah. more than Mysterio, <laughs> I don't really care because no one can deny that they're both great villains. Yeah. You know? Um, and even if you say one's better than the other, I wouldn't say that they're not a whole lot of difference no matter which ranking you put them in. Yeah. So, really big kudos to Sony. That's a huge thing. And Marvel in general has been a lot better about their villains. You know? Yeah. I think um, they've been doing really well. Ever recently. since Phase 3, I think they've been really killing it with that. So, um, so yeah. Um, I don't really have anything else to add. Um, 
it's going to be really interesting to see what the next Spider-Man movie is. It's definitely going to be very different, something new, um, and it has me really excited, and I don't know what to expect, and I like that. Yep, sounds, sorry. <laughs> I had a yawn. I was trying to keep it in. <laughs> but no, uh, that sounds good. Uh, definitely looking forward to, to seeing where they go from here. Yeah. So, Well, until that comes out, if you liked hearing uh, this talk about Spider-Man, well, we got some good news for you because on our next episode, we are going to be having a whole deep dive into Spider-Man's portrayals in movies. At least the the canon ones, I'm sure. I, yeah. I know there's some random ones out there from like overseas stuff, but no. We're going to be talking about the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. We're going to be talking about the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. We're going to be talking, of course, about the Tom Holland Spider-Man. And this is something that uh, I've been working on for, um, for... I mean, I've had this, this thought of this conversation I want to have. In fact, it's actually an expansion of something that I have brought up in the past. Right. But I've just been kind of hearing a lot of criticism about it improving my own argument mm -hmm. and then also waiting for some new Spider-Man content to come out yeah um, and since that conversation we've had both Infinity New War and Endgame come out and we've had um, obviously Far From Home come out so we have a lot more Spider-Man content to work with uh, we've also had Spider-Verse yeah which is kind of like an unexpected play to that and so we'll actually I, I only mentioned three Spider-Mans but we'll definitely be throwing that in the conversation as well yeah for sure um, so yeah um, if you like this there's a lot more to come so look forward to that um, and then I mean while we're talking about future stuff we've also got a um, something beyond that episode where we're going to do a deep dive into Marvel Phase 4 because mm. with San Diego Comic Con we've had a lot of announcements we basically have the whole blueprint of Phase 4 come out all at once yeah. and then since then we've also had a lot of announcements about those movies right. who's playing who what their roles are and we're still getting announcements so we're giving it just a little bit more breathing room so that way we can have all the stuff in one conversation because there's a lot of stuff to talk about and that's going to be a fun conversation so <laughs> we had a nice wrap up for the last you know Infinity Saga and now we're going to have a cool conversation about looking forward so yeah. lots of Marvel com uh, lots of Marvel content coming out and, and fairly rapid succession so we're back in full swing and we're happy to have you back thanks for listening to this episode of Inconceivable if you haven't checked us out on our website check out geekkind.tv where you can find all of our programs and shows and follow all of our stuff including on Facebook Twitter Instagram Tumblr um, and make sure that um, if you're listening um, make sure to check out our YouTube channel where you can watch the podcast and our other shows that you can watch on there and if you're watching on YouTube you can also take it on the go wherever you are listening to podcasts on any app that you choose whether it be Spotify iTunes Google Play iHeartRadio whatever you listen to we're on it so we're easy to find <laughs> Thanks for joining me, Gordon. Absolutely. Have a good time. Stay kind. It's unbelievable. FedEx, we're making reusable packaging our priority because Earth 
is our priority. Our goal is to be carbon neutral by 2040. We call it Priority Earth. FedEx, where now meets next. We're making lower emission vehicles our priority. Reusable packaging, our priority. And carbon capture research to offset emissions, our priority. Because Earth is our priority. At FedEx, we know sustainability means a lot to you. And we feel the same way. Our goal is to be carbon neutral by 2040. We call it Priority Earth. FedEx, where now meets next.